The following is paid commercial programming. Third-party rankings are no guarantee of future investment success. Working with a highly rated advisor does not ensure that a client or prospective client will experience a high level of performance. Investment performance is not an explicit criterion because clients' investments goals differ. These ratings should not be construed as an endorsement of the advisor by any client. Generally, rankings are based on information prepared and submitted by the advisor. Statements saying that we told our clients to be out of the market in 2008 refer to recommendations made by MMWKM's principals while employed at Eagle Strategies LLC. The team that manages accounts at MMWKM are the same individuals with that responsibility at Eagle Strategies and at Cambridge Research from 2009 to 2011. MMWKM was created in 2011 and uses the same exit strategy. A more thorough disclosure of the criteria used in making these rankings is available by contacting MMWKM Advisors LLC. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Money Matters. And here's your host, Ken Moray. We're in the money. We're in the money. We've got a lot of what it takes to get along. We're in the money. We are in the, the money. The skies old are sunny. You are through, you've done us wrong. An old man recession. You are through, you have done us wrong. Or are you? Well, hello, 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 everybody, and welcome back to Money Matters with Ken Morafe. And of course, I am your host, Ken Morafe. And this is the show where we talk about everything and anything in the world of retirement planning. We talk about the stock market. We talk about Social Security. We talk about interest rates, estate planning, income taxes, you name it. We talk about it and we try to have more fun than a human being should be allowed to have when talking about all of this boring financial stuff. And this Say, is, a lot of this is ad lib, isn't it? It is all ad lib, Jack. Every single word is ad lib. And uh, this week is going to be no exception because we have an absolutely fantastic show lined up for you. And so let me go over with you what we're going to talk about on this, our weekly excursion into the land of retirement planning. Oh, wait, wait. I forgot to do something extremely important. I forgot to introduce myself. I am Ken Morathy Host. I am founder and senior retirement planner at Retirement Planners of America. And we are... <laughs> yes, and we are a firm that specializes in retirement planning. So we work with people that are over 50 who are retired or retiring soon. And if that is you, then you are among the most wonderful people in the entire world. We love working with you guys. And recently, Barron's named moi, your faithful host, one of the top 100 financial advisors. Actually, they did that eight, year, eight years. That is really remarkable. I'm uh, totally... Uh, uh, I'm honored, but without our beloved and most valued clients, we would be nowhere. So I'd put that all, I give it to our clients. So all you clients, we love you. Our website, by the way, is rpoa.com. So if you want to find us, it's uh, we can find us at rpoa.com. So let's talk about uh, what are the topics that we're going to go over this week. Well, first of all, as you guys may know, my fearless forecast for this year is uh, Dow 35,000. And uh, so I've entitled the first segment, Dow 35,000, Here We Come. So <laughs> we'll see. But uh, as you guys who follow the show know, we have been eerily accurate in our fearless forecasts. In fact, last year we said the Dow would hit 31,000. And it didn't quite get there, but it got to 30,600, which I'll take that as a win. Uh, if you round up, it's right. 
Okay, so now also this, and, and I want to tell you uh, why I think we're going to get to that 35000 Also this week, we're going to talk about how much should you have in emergency fund, okay? And so we're going to discuss uh, the amount that uh, you should have there to cover unusual non, non-recurring types of expenses or things that could happen, like, for example, a pandemic, think that would be something? Hmm. Hopefully that's something that's non-recurring, unusual, and we won't see for a lot, for another hundred years. Wow. Uh, okay. And this week, as we do every week, we're going to talk about social security strategies. And uh, I encourage you, if you would, you can help me out greatly by sending me your questions. That way I don't have to make them up and I can answer your questions on the air. And so this week I have, uh, let's see, how many questions do I have? I've got, uh, I've got three really good questions. So if you have them, uh, email me your questions. It's at rpoa.com, uh, ken at rpoa.com, and I will endeavor to answer your questions. And uh, we'll, have, uh, we'll educate everybody in the process, hopefully. Now also, you know, because we work with people who are retired or retiring soon, we have a philosophy that what we want to do is we want to facilitate your second childhood without parental supervision. Okay, we want you to go play. We want you to have fun, relax, enjoy life, and just be a, a kid again. Okay, and and to do that, we believe two things need to happen. One is that you, your money needs to last as long as you do, so as to support your lifestyle. And secondly, you need to have financial peace of mind because if you're stressed out all the time, then it's hard to enjoy life if you're doing that. So we think those. Those two things are part and parcel of the overall goal of uh, facilitating your second childhood without parental supervision. So um, one of the things that we believe is extremely important is to understand that protecting what you've built, protecting your principal, is, ex- is something that you should devote a lot of attention to. So this week, I want to talk about sequential risk. And sequential risk is a term that you may not have heard before, but I'll tell Houston, you. Houston, we have a problem. Yes, <laughs> indeed. Uh, if, if you don't know what sequential risk is, I think it is one of the greatest risks to your retirement. And if you don't know what that risk is, then you may not be mitigating it. And if you're not, then I believe that you could have some significant uh, bad things happen. So we're going to talk about sequential risk, explain it to you. But more importantly, we'll talk about how to avoid it if it's possible. Now, you know what, Jack? Most shows would actually stop right there. Most shows would say, you know what? If we did just that, we have done more than our listening audience could possibly want from a financial show. Somebody stop me! (laughs) Don't you dare stop me because on this show, do we only go where people expect us to? Of course we don't. We boldly go where no financial show has gone before and therefore at about 10 till, we're going to have our estate tip of the week. Now that's when we talk about how to pass on to your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs the fruits of your labor. And uh, this week, uh, we're going to talk about the 10-year rule, okay? And I know it's a scary thought, the 10-year rule. And uh, I want to alleviate the fear you're having right now in your heart about the 10-year rule. So we'll talk about that because if you're not careful about the 10-year rule, it can cost you many dollars in penalties and taxes. So we'll be talking about that at about 10 till when we have our estate tip of the week. So, um, you know, I was uh, looking at, uh, so far, it's very interesting, but I've been talking with many clients and uh, I think pretty much every single client I have talked to has gotten both, both doses of their vaccine so far. 
And uh, so, and I talk to probably three or four clients a day. And uh, so it's crazy. They're getting it done. And, uh, you know, my calculations say we need 400 million doses if it's the two-dose version. And uh, so, therefore, we're at about 100 million. So we're already a fourth of the way there. And I think we could probably get there, you know, in two or three months. Uh, I think that's certainly possible. And then, wow, all of a sudden we're vaccinated. And hopefully uh, people who have gotten it have a bunch of antibodies. And maybe this whole dang thing is behind us and we can go back to living again. Wow, what a prospect. I am so excited. So, and speaking of that, let's talk about why Dow 35,000, I think, is uh, still in the cards. And, uh, you know, we've been talking about this for, for several weeks now. And that is the stimulus package. Now, you know, I don't know that there was ever any doubt that the stimulus package was going to get passed. But anyway, the fanfare around it right now seems to imply that, oh, my gosh, this was never going to happen. And now it's there and everybody's all excited. I think it was a pretty much a foregone conclusion. The devil was in the details, I think. But be that as it may, when you look at when I, as, as, as we look into the future for this year uh, and what we think will happen with the Dow Jones Industrials, which I think will get to 35,000 in the markets, is that we have currently the highest savings rate in the history of our country. And why is that? Well, think about yourself. Over the last year, you know, you've been in your home, you've been working from your home, you haven't been going out. Probably you haven't been buying clothes. Probably you haven't been traveling. You haven't been buying stuff. And so consumption in, in a lot of areas has been very depressed. And therefore, you've probably saved up money that you would have spent. And that pent-up demand is massive. You know, as I talk to our clients, you know, or people who are retired or retiring soon mostly, and so their, their deal is, you know, they want to travel, they want to go out and have, uh, you know, see friends and do this and that, and all of that has been put on hold. I've actually talked to clients that are saying they're going to take two trips this, you know, as soon as it's possible to make up for the one they missed last year. So this, this pent-up demand is massive. You've got, in my view, you also have a, a massive amount of money that is in cash sitting on the sidelines just itching to get spent. You, we're a consumption society. We love to buy stuff and spend money. And not only that, but now you've got an additional $1.9 trillion that has been injected or is going to be injected into the economy. You have the pandemic coming to an end where now, you know, people are going to be able to get jobs. The jobs numbers this week looked really good. It looks like, uh, you know, we're, we're starting to see uh, headway being made in the jobs area. So more people will be employed. And as that happens, I think we're going to see the most rapid recovery in our economy in ever and you know that's easy to do if you think that we're starting from a very low point but be that as it may i i think a year from now janet yellen said that we should be back to normal the new uh, secretary of treasury and and i agree with her and uh, from an economic standpoint and so if that all happens then i think dow 35000 we may actually eclipse that this year so what does that mean to you well there's two sides to the coin, you know, and many of you could recite, and I could too, all the risks that exist also. You know, we could have a variant that causes a second wave. We could have all, we could have that uh, maybe we're going to have massive amount of inflation. The amount of debt we're taking on could cause all kinds of uh, systemic issues. So yes, you could construct a very convincing case that as, uh, you know, I'm painting a rosy picture, but it could be really bad and it could happen suddenly. Absolutely correct. 
That's why we have our, in, in, in how we manage our clients' money, we have our strategy, which we call invest and protect. And the protect part is extremely important. And so our strategy is the one that told us to get our clients and tell them to get out of all equities uh, in November of 2007 and stay out for all of 2008 during the, uh, the, the, the credit crisis and not to buy in until June of 2009. And so this strategy is the same one that uh, the day before the WHO announced that we had a pandemic, our strategy said to get out and we told our clients to avoid the big market drop that occurred uh, last year. And so our strategy is designed to protect you from bad things. And what we want to do is to help you with that. And so if you go to our website, it's rpoa.com. And if you go there, you can sign up for our, we have virtual seminars that you can attend. The seminar this, uh, that we have coming up this week is on uh, retirement during uncertain times. And uh, I think you'll find it to be interesting. We'll have tax planning ideas, how, how to decide if you have enough money to retire on, and lots more. Okay, so our website is rpoa.com, and you can sign up for the seminar there. It's virtual. All right, so rpoa.com. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about how much should you have in your emergency fund. So stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morayf. This is Money Matters with Ken Morafe, and of course, I am your host, Ken Morafe. And uh, thank you, Jack. And I am senior retirement planner and founder of Retirement Planners of America. And uh, we're a firm that specializes in retirement planning. So we work primarily with people who are over 50, who are retired or retiring soon. And if that is you, if you're within five years of retirement or you are into your retirement, then we want to visit with you and see if we can help you. You are about to experience, if you're in that five-year-before period, one of the most wonderful periods of your entire life. We call it your second childhood without parental supervision. And uh, so we want to help you to enjoy it and not worry about your money. And we want your money to last as long as you do. And uh, Financial Times named our advisory firm actually three times. They named us one of the top 300 uh, advisory firms. And uh, of course, we're flattered and honored by that. But we know that without our clients, we would be nowhere. So all you clients, we love you. We thank you. We are so grateful. And uh, if you are not a client, I would uh, uh, suggest that maybe it might be an idea for you to consider becoming a client. And you can go to our website. It's rpoa.com. And uh, we have articles, we have videos, and, and we also podcast this show. So you can subscribe and get it uh, every week on time and listen to it as you see fit. So I want to talk with you now about something that uh, you know we start with. So when you're building a house or any building for that matter, the, the first thing you do is you build the foundation. So you, you want the foundation to be very, very strong. And so once you've built the foundation, then you start thinking about building all the other stuff. But if you build a house on a weak foundation, then your house is, is going to have all kinds of issues. So the foundation of your investment world, in, in our view, is your emergency fund. Okay, so that's the first thing that we look at when we talk with clients and prospective clients is do you have enough in your emergency fund? Because we need to address that first in our view before we start talking about investing money. So, you know, if somebody comes in and says, you know, here I've got, you know, I've got X number of dollars that I want to invest. The first question we ask was, okay, well, let's, let's get an idea of your total picture. And one of the things that we want to know is what is your cost of living? Okay, so how much does it cost you to, to, to live? And we want to know what that amount is when you are retired, okay? And so 
When you're retired, it may be quite different. So when you're retired, you may have moved, uh, you uh, scaled down on your home, so your expenses are lower. Uh, you know, maybe you don't have to go to work every day, although with Zoom, you're not doing that now, but you don't spend gas and clothing and all that stuff. Uh, but maybe now you want to travel, so you, your expenses have shifted into a different place. Uh, you may have your mortgage paid off. So there's all kinds of things that factor into what is your cost of living going to be when you are retired. Okay, so and that's an exercise that we love doing with you. It's called a retirement cash flow plan. And uh, if you come in to visit with us, that's the first thing we'll do with you. Now, once we've established what your cost of living is going to be while you are retired, then the next thing to do is to look at how much should you have in an emergency fund? And the reason why we think an emergency fund is so important is because, you know, you've all seen how the stock market behaves, right? Investments go up and down. And as they do that, there are times when it is not the most opportune time to start taking money out to cover a large unforeseen expense. And so, you know, if the market is way down, for example, as it was last year uh, in, in March and April, and, and you suddenly need, you know, $30,000 to repair your roof or something, um, what's going to happen is that you're going to have to take money out at a time when your investments are way down, and that's really not a very good idea. So the emergency fund is there to make up for that. So let's look at how much should you have in an emergency fund. So there are two kinds of people. There are those of you that are working, and there are those of you that are retired and now not working anymore. So let's look at the first group, the people who are, those of you that are still working, how much should you have in, a, uh, in an emergency fund? Well, in our view, the answer is six months to one year of your cost of living. Now, remember, I'm talking about your cost of living here, your expenses. And the reason why there is because if you have wages, you can probably pay for a lot of things that come up that are unusual and non-recurring, but some things may be bigger than that. So six months to a year's worth of your cost of living. So if your cost of living is $50,000 a year, then you need to have about twenty-five dollars to $50,000 in cash. And I know cash is paying nothing right now. And you're saying, I'm going to get half a percent maybe. Well, it's the way it is. Okay. That's the cost of insurance, let's call it. Now, Let's talk about those of you who are retired, okay? So now for you, our view is you should have one to two years of your cost of living in cash, okay? So that's a big number now. If you're $50,000 cost of living, you should have fifty dollars to $100,000 in an emergency fund. Now, if you don't have that, we want to start with how do we get that? We need to accumulate that because if I'm managing your money for you and you suddenly have a big expense... I don't want to be put in the place of having to sell investments in a down market. That's not a good thing. And I want to be able to have you live on your money potentially for one to two years without touching your investments. If we have a big bad bear like Y2K or 2008 that lasts for two years, I don't want you to be taking money out during that time from your investments. So therefore, you have the cash to do that from. Okay, So basically, you're creating a, a moat, if you will, between you and the outside. And if you have that, then we believe that'll go a long way towards giving you financial peace of mind. And that is our, we have two goals for you, as I mentioned. One is your money lasts as long as you do. And secondly, we want you to have financial peace of mind. And if you have enough in your emergency fund, then I also believe there that that'll give you a modicum of peace of mind. 
Okay, so that's uh, that's our view. Now, if you are uh, over 50, if you are within five years of retirement or you are uh, in that first five years of your retirement, that 10 years, that decade is the single most important decade in your entire financial life, in my view. And the reason why we say that is because if you suffer large losses during that period, many studies have shown, in fact, we'll talk about it in a, in a segment this on this show, um, Many studies have shown that you could run out of money during your lifetime. And secondly, we also want to help you because the decisions you make today, some of them are permanent. When and how you take Social Security. You know, do you retire now or do you wait? Uh, All of those kind of things are decisions that once made cannot be undone in many cases. And so we want to help you to make the right decisions. So here's what what I'm going to offer you. If you go to our website, it's rpoa.com, retirementplannersofamerica.com. And when you go there, click on meet with an advisor. If you do that, then what we'll do is we'll schedule a time to visit with you. Um, You'll visit with one of our retirement planners. We'll do it virtually until we can do it in person. Um, And uh, if you do that, then we'll sit down with you. We'll build out that retirement cash flow plan that I mentioned. We'll talk about your income taxes, your social security. Um, We'll we'll look at the interplay between your 401k, uh, your IRAs, and your non-IRA money. Where do you get money while you're retired? Can you retire? All those kind of questions we want to help you with and we want to do it all at no charge or obligation so if you are over 50 retired or retiring soon go to our website click on meet with an advisor and we'll call you we'll schedule a time to visit and we'd love to help you if we can now if we can't we're going to tell you that and like i said either way no charge no obligation and we will part friends all right we're going to take a break and when we come back we're going to have social security strategies for married couples so stay tuned this is money matters and i am ken morafe this is Money Matters with Ken Morafe, and of course, I am your host, Ken Morafe. <laughs> Thank you, Jack. And I am a senior retirement planner and founder of Retirement Planners of America. And we are a firm that specializes in, I think, the most noble of all pursuits, and that is retirement planning. You know, we, our goal is to help as many people achieve their retirement goals as we possibly can. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a wonderful thing if I can help facilitate that. And we call your retirement your second childhood without parental supervision. So whatever that means to you, if it means just laying on the grass and looking at the clouds and trying to figure out if that's a, is that a bear? Is that a pig? What is that? Uh, if that's all you want to do or you want to play golf or spend time with your grandchildren or travel, whatever it is, we want to facilitate that for you if we can. And we also want you to have peace of mind and we want you your money to last as long as you do. And we hope you last a long time on top of that. <laughs> so that's all we are about. Our website is rpoa.com. And if you go there, we podcast this show. We have articles. We have videos. We have all kinds of stuff on, on retirement planning. And uh, Forbes named us uh, Best In-State Wealth Advisors. Um, we're very proud of that, of course. But without our beloved and most valued clients, we'd be nowhere. So all you clients, we love you. We thank you. And uh, once again, if you're not a client, rpoa.com is our website. All right. Uh, this One of the things that we talk, I would say, I think I probably have a conversation daily with a client or a prospective client with uh, regard to Social Security. It is an extremely important part of retirement planning for sure. And uh, so this segment is where I ask you to help me. And what you do is you just send me your questions. And uh, if you do, you make my job easy because I don't have to make questions up. I can just use yours. So here's the first one. Uh, My wife and I turned 62 in uh, last year, 2020. I'm 66 
and my benefit is $2,517, and hers is $755. So, question, if she starts drawing now, and I wait until I am 66, she will receive a lower spousal benefit at her age 66 than if she does not draw on her benefits now and waits until she's 66. Is that correct? Okay, so let's define what spousal benefit means. So spousal benefit means that if you, uh, you can choose to collect either yours or half of your spouse's, which is, whichever is the higher. However, what this question is asking is correct. If you start taking your benefits at age 62, and then when you're 66, you switch over to the spousal benefit, you will get a reduced benefit. Because it's not actually half of your spouse's benefit that you're getting. It's a calculation that they add the spousal benefit to what you're actually collecting. And if you started at age 62, your benefit is going to be lower. And therefore, when you add the spousal benefit on top of it, the total will be lower. So the answer to that question is that's correct. If you start taking Social Security before you're 66 and then switch over, you will get a lower benefit than if you'd have waited until you're 66. Next question. I'm 69 years old and my husband is 64. If I start getting my benefits at age 70, can I switch to getting half of his when he starts getting his benefit at age 66? And the reason I'm asking is because half of his is more than mine. And the answer is yes, absolutely. Once you turn 66, you can get half of, I'm sorry, once he turns 66, you can get half of his or yours even after you turn 70. So age 70 is not a big, uh, a big thing. All right. Uh, last question here. I'm 67 years old and started to collect Social Security at age 66. My wife is 65 and has a benefit of $1,083. Can my wife claim a spousal benefit now and then let her benefit continue to grow until she is 70? The answer is no. Okay. She cannot do that. Uh, if she wants to receive the spousal benefit while her benefit bills, she has to wait until she's 66 and then file. Okay. Now, what this should illustrate, if, if nothing else, is that Social Security is complicated. And how, and how and when you do it is extremely important. If you make an error, if you don't do it properly, and you leave $100 on the table, $100 a month is $1,200 a year, and over 30 years of your retirement, that could be $30,000, $36,000 that you've left on the table. You don't want to do that. So my opinion is you should talk to a professional about Social Security planning. Don't do this at home because it's so complex. Now, if you go to our website, rpoa.com, we have many articles and videos and, and, and podcasts regarding uh, Social Security, and you can educate yourself on that. But more importantly, here's what I want you to do. Click on Meet with an Advisor. If you do that, one of our retirement planners will schedule a time for you to visit with. And we don't want to just talk with you about Social Security. Certainly, that's an important part of your retirement plan, but we want to build the entire plan for you. We're going to go through and do a cash flow, a retirement cash flow plan. We're going to also look at uh, not only Social Security, but the tax implications of Social Security. We're going to talk about uh, uh, when uh, should you retire if you can. We'll talk about your pensions. We'll talk about uh, you name it. If it has to do with retirement planning, we want to help you to plan it out and do it right. So if you go to rpoa.com and sign up for visiting with an advisor, we'd be glad to visit with you. No charge or obligation, and we will part friends. Okay? So rpoa.com. Now, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about one of the greatest risk 
risks to your retirement. It's called sequential risk, and you probably don't even know what that is. So stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morafe. This is Money Matters with Ken Morafe, and of course, I am your host, Ken Morafe. Why, thank you, Jack. I am founder and senior retirement planner. Love that. That sounds important, doesn't it? Senior retirement planner at Retirement Planners of America. And uh, we're a firm that specializes in working with the most wonderful people in the entire universe. And that is people who are retired or retiring soon. So if that's you, if you are over 50, then we would love to meet you and see if we can help you. And if we can, nothing could make us happier. Our website is rpoa.com. One of the things that we want to have happen for you is we want your retirement to be your second childhood without parental supervision. We want you to go play. We want you to have fun, whatever that means to you. And, you know, I was talking to a a gentleman the other day, and he said, you know, Ken, I'm not really happy with your second childhood without parental supervision. I said, well, why not? And he goes, because I don't want to be a second child. You know, I'm going to go and I'm going to volunteer at the hospital and the church and all that kind of stuff. And I said, okay, well, then your second childhood is doing that. You're going to have fun doing that. And he goes, oh, well, if you put it that way, then Okay. (laughs) <laughs> so whatever your second childhood means to you, we want to help facilitate that and we want to do it in, in, uh, and have your money last as long as you do and have peace of mind. Now, one of the things that we think is extremely important if your money is going to last as long as you do is that you have to have an idea of what the risks are to your money lasting as long as you do. And to the extent that you can, we think it's so important that you should mitigate those. Okay, and so I want to talk with you about a term that you may not have heard before, but you should know the term, and it is called sequential risk. Okay, sequential risk is perhaps one of the biggest risks that you have if you are early in your retirement. And so I want to ask you this question to kind of illustrate what I mean by sequential risk. Would you rather, you know, the average bear market? Uh, if you, uh, according to Ned Davis research, going back the last uh, since the Great Depression, is is a drop in the S and P, the stock market, of thirty seven percent. Okay, so let me ask you the question: If you're going to experience a bear market, a, a big loss uh, on the order of that, uh, twenty five or thirty percent, like many people lost even more than that in two thousand eight and in Y two K, but if you're going to experience this big loss, when would you prefer to experience it? Okay, I know you'd rather not, but that's not this game. You have to. So when would you rather? At the beginning, when you're younger, let's say you retire at 60 or 65, is that the best time? Or do you want to experience it later in your life, like when you're 80 or in your, in your 70s? Most people, when you ask that question, say, I would rather experience it later, right, rather than sooner. I'm sorry, I'd rather experience it now because then I have time to rebuild it versus if I take it later. Well, that answer is actually wrong, okay? It's backwards. And so I want to illustrate to you why it is better to have it happen later than earlier, and therefore that's what sequential risk is. When does the risk of loss, the big loss, happen? And the sequencing of it is extremely important. So my favorite number, as you guys know, if you've listened to the show over the years, is $1 million, okay? That was my Austin Powers imitation, <laughs> probably a bad one. But anyway, so let's say you have a $1 million, and uh, you're going to lose 37%, okay? And let's say that you lose it in year 15, 
Okay, so you're 60, you lose it when you're 75 years old. And so we're going to say that you start with a million dollars, and we're going to say that your investments are going to grow by 5% per year. Again, all of this is assumptions. We're going to say that you're going to take 4% out to live on every year. And so we're going to go on. So by the time you reach the 15th year, your million dollars is still worth about a million dollars. Now what happens is you now take that 37% loss. So now $370,000 comes out. So you lose $370,000, plus you take out your cost of living uh, in that year, in year 15, after inflation. And so your total takeout, if you will, between you, your cost of living, and what the market did is about $440,000. So you had a little over a million bucks. You now have about $575,000 left, okay? And you're, and you're 75 years old. So that's terrible, but if you keep going, then you have your money goes from there. Now, let's say instead that you took that loss in the first year. Okay? So you start with the same million, but bam, right out the chute, you lose that 370,000. So now, and then you take $40,000 out to live on. That's your 4%. Now what you're left with, you you had the 370 that the market took, the 40 that you took, that's 410. So you have lost, your, your reduction is $410,000. you are left with $590,000. That now, ladies and gentlemen, is your starting point on your investment journey. And now your money has to, your, your money has to support that cost of living. But if, if $590,000 is how much money you have, and you're going to take $40,000 out of that, that's no longer 4%, right? Now it's on the order of 7 or 8%. And now what happens is your investments need to support you at a much higher rate. So your investments have to perform much higher. Now, the interesting thing is that in the assumption that I prepared for you, where you have a million dollars, you lose a 37% in that first year, and then you take out the 4% each year, guess what happens? By the time in year 17, you're 77 years old, you've run out of money. You have no money left. When in the other example, you still had $510,000 left. So, it's a bad deal. Absolutely. So, I hope this illustrates for you sequential risk. When does the risk happen? When do you take that loss? And therefore, the protecting against that loss early in your retirement, in our view, is a very, very important thing to do. And that's why in our, in our firm, we don't just stop at diversification and rebalancing and buy and hold. We believe you should also have a sell strategy. And we, in our firm, we call it invest and protect. And this is the same strategy that said to sell in, in November of 2007, just before the credit crisis. It's a strategy that told us to stay out for all of 2008 when the stock, the S&P fell by 57%, which is way more than the 37 I'm using in this example. And then it also is a, it gives us our buy signal, which told us to buy in June of 2009. So for a year and a half, we were telling people to stay out back then. So this strategy is designed to help uh, stop or mitigate the sequential risk challenge. Now, if you're over 50, if you are retired or retiring soon, I'd like you to go to our website. It's rpoa.com. We have a seminar coming up uh, called Retirement Planning in Uncertain Times. At that, we talk about our sequential, our strategy. We also talk about when and how to take Social Security. We talk about reducing income taxes. Can you retire? Lots of stuff. RPOA.com is our website. Okay, so go there and sign up. It's RPOA.com. 
All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to have our estate tip of the week. And this week, it's be careful of the 10-year rule. So stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morafe. This is Money Matters with Ken Morafe. And of course, I am your host, Ken Morafe. And... Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Jack. And this is the show where we talk about everything and anything in the world of retirement planning. And uh, our, our goal for you is for you to have a, a second childhood without parental supervision. We want you to build a retirement that gives you peace of mind, that helps your money to last as long as you do. And most importantly, we want to worry about all this stuff for you so that you don't have to. And our firm is Retirement Planners of America. Our website is rpoa.com. And uh, if you would like to go there, we podcast this show, and we also have articles and videos and lots of content for you with regard to retirement planning, where you can dig around and spend uh, many hours, I think. And uh, also, Financial uh, Planning Magazine named us one of the top 100 uh, financial advisors. And, you know, we're proud of all these uh, the accolades that we get, of course. Everybody likes their ego to be stroked. But we know that without our beloved and most valued clients, we are nowhere. So all you clients, we love you. We are so grateful that you have entrusted us. We will always do everything we can to have your money last as long as you do and for you to enjoy your second childhood. And so if you're not a client, once again, go to our website, rpoa.com, and learn about us and see if there might be something there you're interested in. Now, this is the uh, part of the show where we talk about how to pass on to your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs the fruits of your labor. And that, of course, is called estate planning. And this week, I want to talk with you about uh, the 10-year rule. So the 10-year rule came about last year because of the SECURE Act, okay, with the pandemic and everything that came along. Uh, when the SECURE Act was passed, uh, they changed the rules on inheritances with IRAs and those kind of things. So this affects everybody who has an IRA. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. But let me first, Jack, can you play it? I know I'd go from rags to riches If you would only say you care And though my pocket may be empty I'd be a millionaire And of course that is Tony Bennett with Rags to Riches and uh, the estate taxes and probate and all that kind of stuff. It's actually designed to do the exact opposite. And we don't want that to happen to you. So every week at this time, we have our estate tip of the week. So this week, we're going to talk about uh, the 10-year rule. So what the, the law before last year was that if you inherited an IRA, you could do what we used to call a, the stretch provision, okay? Meaning that you could stretch the IRA out over the lifetime of the person that inherited it. And so a lot of our estate planning was around that with regard to, for example, if you have a grandchild who's 10 years old, uh, that grandchild may have 70 plus years of life expectancy ahead of them. And we could stretch out the value of that IRA over their lifetime. And there were some incredible tax savings and benefits and all of that good stuff. Well, that all went away last year and they replaced it with the 10-year rule. So what the 10-year rule says is that by the end of the 10th year, following the date that you inherited, the year that you inherited it, the next year, the next 10 years after that, uh, you have to have depleted the entire account. So all the money has to have been taken out by the 10th year, by the end of the 10th year. 
So that creates a whole bunch of different kinds of strategies and planning to go with that. So for example, um, if and, and by the way, they don't care when you take it out. They just care that you have taken it out. Okay. So therefore, the IRS is looking at. <laughs> I thought I'd trick you, Jack, and say it when you weren't ready. But no, you were ready. Uh, that's a gag that I have going with my producer. That whenever I say IRS, the screaming lady comes along. And for all of you who have. Uh, earbuds or, or uh, earphones right now. I apologize for that. Uh, we'll, we'll tone it down in the future. But anyway, they, they don't care how or when you take it as long as it's all out by the end of that 10th year. So the planning comes in where you can wait until the last day or you can take it all out on the first day. You can do it during that 10-year period. So for example, let's say that you have a situation where you're earning wages, you're have a, uh, you have high wage, you're in a high tax bracket for the next five years. But then after that, you're going to retire and your, your income will be lower and your taxable income will be lower. So maybe it'd be a good idea to wait for five years and then start taking it out after that when you're in the lower tax bracket. Now, the reverse may also be true. Maybe you're going to be in a higher bracket later and therefore taking it out now when you're in a low bracket might be the best way. If neither of those applies, then maybe it's best just to leave it in there for the whole 10 years. It'll grow without being taxed the whole time and then you pay your taxes then. So all those kind of things come into play because of this 10-year rule that changed everything. (laughs) So, This is something that if you are going to leave money to your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs, as I call them, then what you should consider is, you know, that 10-year rule. So if you have a grandchild, you have a son or a daughter, and you have different beneficiaries, the planning around how you want to leave it to them is different depending on those different children. So there's also that kind of planning. You know, I was visiting with a prospective client, and they were talking about, you know, we we have a child that is uh, not able to manage their own money. And we have his sister who is very capable. And so we want to be able to do that. So again, the 10-year rule is is something to take into consideration because if you decide that you're going to leave a child an IRA and another child not the IRA, then the planning around which one's going to be in the lower tax bracket is also a consideration. In this situation, the son who is never going to be able to work because he's not able to to do that uh, will be in a low bracket. And so maybe it would be better for that person. So a lot of thinking there. So if you go to our website, rpoa.com, I would encourage you to click on meet with an advisor. If you do that, we'll sit down with you. We'll talk about estate planning. We'll talk about retirement planning. We'll talk about a ton of stuff and we'll build a plan for you at no charge or obligation. If you like what you see, fantastic. And if not, that's fine too. Either way, no charge, no obligation, and we will part friends. So rpoa.com is the website. Well, you know what? This show is over already. I cannot believe how fast it's gone. I hope you have enjoyed it as much as I have enjoyed making it for you. We'll see you next week. Same time, same channel. Bye-bye, everybody. Of course not. Information presented should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any of the securities mentioned. None of this show's content should be viewed as personalized investment advice. A professional advisor should be consulted before implementing any of the strategies presented. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk and therefore can be no assurance that any specific investment or strategy will be suitable or profitable for a client's portfolio. The tax and estate planning 
information offered on this program is general in nature. Always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. Sound effects or anecdotes should not be construed as an endorsement of Ken Murray or MMWKM Advisors, LLC. The firm only transacts business in states where it is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Registration is not an endorsement of the firm by securities regulators and does not mean that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability.